Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brand. I have a special guest today. It's Ralph Sindrich. He's a longtime agent. And he's the author of a book, The NFL Brawler, and he talks about all his experiences as an agent, dealing with me and dealing with other more famous team executives like George Young and Carmen Policy, and his unique take on dealing with the union now as opposed to the past as he gets out of the agent business. Ralph Sindrich. But first, a word from Elite Team. You know, you can wrap yourself in your favorite team blanket. These are luxurious NFL and college sports blankets made right here in the USA. They're actually two blankets sewn together, technology that keeps you warm in any temperature. 100% made in the USA. You've never felt a blanket like this. Feel for yourself. Shop EliteTeam.com. Save 10%. Promo code TUCKER. All caps. T-U-C-K-E-R. Get wrapped in your game day ritual. Elite Team, the official blanket of pure fandomonium. And our promo code TUCKER. Remember, all caps. T-U-C-K-E-R. To save 10%. At EliteTeam.com. Contracts, salary caps. Why do our favorite teams make some of the moves they do? It's usually the money. It's time for the business of sports with Andrew Brandt. I try to bring you all the best people in the world of agents and team executives, sports industry insiders. Have a special one here. My guest, Ralph Sindrich, longtime agent author of the book, The Brawler, and really has some interesting insights into the agent business, having been there so long. Ralph, welcome. Good to have you on the program. Well, thank you, Andrew. It's been so long. Uh, <laughs> uh, we used to go head-to-head head when you were leading uh, the Green Bay Packers, and uh, they were doing their championship years. Yeah, I'll say that, you know, in my early career, I used to sort of, I, I wouldn't go head-to-head head because I could never get players you were getting, but you were someone I looked up to as a young agent, uh, and the great contracts you did for players like Paul Gruber really admired you and was honored to be negotiating against you with the Packers. Tried not to be too much of a of a jerk because uh, you were tough. Hey, let me uh, say this: you were you were anything but an easy negotiator. You were a tough negotiator. You watched every dime that went on there. Yeah, you know, with the Packers, I almost felt like it was my money because we didn't have any owner and all these shareholders. And you probably came across like I was guarding my own money there. It was not like I was guarding some billionaire's money. It felt like we were public trust, had to guard it, and we went at it on a couple guys, I remember. No doubt. We had a, hey, we both had fiduciary duties. When, when it was over, we had a beer. <laughs> yeah. Talk <laughs> about, you know, being in the business so long, what have you seen the changes over the years, and we're talking, I mean, you tell me, three or four decades you've seen. Yes, you know, uh, in the NFL in particular, there's, to me, a total disrespect for what the agents do out there. Uh, all of what is going on, what's on them, uh, sure, you know, it, it involves the reduction to a 1.5 fee for a lot of the agents, but, but it's much more than that. There isn't a, uh, a the union, uh, if it is one, is not working together with the players. Uh, I always had the greatest respect for Dick Bertelson and Tom DePasso and uh, uh, the other guys who were there, uh, Mark Levin. Uh, we worked together to try to get the best results, and it feels like, now that you're on the other side and there's an animosity except for maybe a few special ones with the uh, Players Association, that uh, uh, it's not permitting the agents to do their job out there. And what has changed? I mean, you talked about working with Dick Bertelson and he's no longer there, but Tom DePasso is still there. Mark Levin is still there. Did you work with Gene Upshaw when he was leading the union? And, and what's the tone of the union from that time until now? It was it was anti-Asian at that time, but but uh, there was still enough 
room to be able to maneuver within the collective bargaining agreement to do your job as an agent. There's no chance of being able to do that now. Not many liked Upshaw. Upshaw was a very tough tyrant-type ruler, extremely effective for the players, but, but not liked by the agents. I mean, I always envisioned in my mind, you know, I was a wrestler, that if he ever called me out, uh, what I would do way in advance. You know, he called out a few agents out of the crowd uh, and, you know, nobody would do anything. And, and again, mm-hmm. it, was, it was to a point with me where I, where I was ready to throw down. And this guy, this guy was a load. I mean, there's no doubt he was a tough guy, uh, all pro and everything else, but he was also a very effective leader. He was able to pull people together. We're, we're all in this together. And you don't get that feeling now. What feeling do you get from current union leadership? You know, I, I think it's one that they have their own agenda. Uh, uh, if I would have looked, you know, as almost an outsider, because I've only had a couple of players uh, the last uh, uh, year or last couple of years, and uh, you know, what I see is a cozy relationship to be able to do deals, have the union stay in place, people doing their job, no one getting too far out of line. Uh, the, the, the NFL has it nice and cozy. It couldn't be better. You can't make more money. You can't have a weaker union. And then you go to the NCAA who says, you know, who is our biggest threat? Agents. We have them you know, with state laws and all the rest. And it was almost like a conspiracy to wire out the agents. And I don't think there's any question that the agents have, have done the most for helping players uh, in almost all sports. And other people leaving football agencies aren't going, aren't retiring. They're, they're concentrating on, on basketball or, or on uh, baseball or hockey or whatever. It's, it's become too much of a burden to be uh, an agent in the NFL. And, uh, you know, if it continues on, I think we'll see very few a couple of big boys who charge, uh, maybe uh, left alone, uh, where, where it's just a nice, cozy relationship. Yeah, and for listeners, I'll, I want to clarify the the reverting to 1.5%. Um, in the old days, the well, I guess up until like right now, the 3% was the amount in the agreement between the agent and the player, which is the maximum fee that agents can charge. Now the union has mandated that you put that 1.5 is kind of that default fee in there and you can move it up, but you'll obviously have to explain to your player why you're moving it to a higher percentage when the standardized (laughs) percentage is 1.5%. I guess I want your comment on that and sort of combine that with the fact there's so much out there now that these rookie contracts are pre-negotiated and there's nothing to do and why would a player pay someone 3% for that? So... It seems to be these uh, perfect storm of events reducing fees for agent work. And I think it was that was by design, no, no, no question. But no one realizes too what these guys, you know, uh, what they charge for an agent to represent them now if they're a big timer. It's in the tens of thousands of dollars that they receive as quote unquote marketing bonuses, and that's a bunch of crap. But, mm-hmm. and, and for a veteran agent, it can get into high six figures or you know, nice six figures. But everybody else looks what's done by the guys out there too. In addition to spurning them with all the money uh, the, to, to keep them alive to paying for uh, their workouts and going to their pro days and, and, and uh, uh, contacting all the clubs and, and advising them how to make it and negotiating the contracts. And then you have marketing. And you know what? If you want to survive in the business, if you've been around, you can advise guys. Uh, so it's, it's from start to finish. And these are young guys. Look at them out. Look at the choices many of them have made. It was based upon money almost solely money in many cases uh of course winning programs and and they they all want to be a pro but there's no doubt the agents i've been around want to help 
the players. They want to, to get a good deal. Uh, in all walks of life, and many of them are able to do that, and there's no doubt that you have uh, a, cer- a certain level of scum out there, and you have it in every business, maybe more so in the aging business, but certainly that, that can and should be controlled. But by and large, most of these guys that I've seen have poured their heart into their business for their guys. They'll risk their uh, reputation and or go to bed every night uh, with their hands sweaty and feet cold, uh, trying to get their guys good deals. And I will echo that. I see so many agents that work so hard, and it's a labor of love because, again, we talk about the margins, making a point and a half on these contracts, which are not, you know, except for very few huge contracts. It really right. does become this labor of love. And you have 900 something certified agents by the NFLPA. I don't know. What's your guess, Ralph? How many of them are actually, you think, profitable? And how many of them have more than, say, five or ten clients? I'll tell you what. Uh, there's, there's a decent percentage there. Uh, and you can, see it, you can see it when you go to the meetings, that they're just staying alive, uh, alive. They love the business. They love the game. Maybe it's just the glamour of it all. Some guys still have their law business uh, or whatever business. Uh, and they want to be effective and want to do more. But, but everyone's afraid to go all out because you never know what the Players Association is going to come up with. Uh, and, and again, you know, you've been around the players, uh, you know, they've always had their hands out. I'm going to go for a 1.5% fee, uh, but it's, you know, it involves so much more, the business does, uh, that, hey, look, I mean, you know, from my perspective, that part of it, I'm very happy to be out. And I had class guys, uh, but you always have those situations where you put your heart and soul into it. Uh, you lay out a lot of money, you do everything the right way, and, and you get stiffed. Uh, you yeah. know? And so that, that's part of the business. But, you know, if you look at the other sports, why are they doing so well? well? Uh, I, you know, I'd, I'd agree with you that maybe uh, the agents over in Europe uh, with uh, soccer have gone way too far, too much power. But if you look at basketball and baseball and whatever else and all of the football agents going to those sports, you know, it, it's an indictment of what's going on with, with our Players Association. Mm-hmm. And what, do you th- what can be done about these horror stories with money management? I know the NFLP has Oof. a financial advisor program that doesn't seem to be working. <laughs> uh, and as an agent, I, at least my experience was I stayed far clear from money management. Uh, what can be done about that? I mean, guys obviously have, have a lot of money and no experience and they're, they're swayed by people they shouldn't be. It's a terrible situation, and, and I've been in it, and it's been you can easily be swayed by some of the people out there, and they see uh, you know a player who doesn't have the sophistication, and if the agent is not heavily involved, and you know like yourself, I never doubt on the financial side. Certainly, I'd, I'd advise if if there was an issue that came up that uh, uh, there's a, one a tremendous amount of liability, and second, the the guys aren't mentally ready, many of them to properly invest, to follow the guidelines. You know, you can set down rules and, and principles. And, uh, you know, we would always do the taxes for our guys because that's the number one area where guys get into trouble. Uh, and if, you're, if you monitor, monitor that part, then you're able to see. And while we didn't do any investments, we knew the names out there of who they were with and that type of thing. And, and uh, even if ultra conservative, that was great because you wanted them to have that nest egg when they retired. You talked about, you know, battling with me at the Packers. Uh, do you have you some... You were rough, I'm telling you. You yeah, were rough. I think it it's, it's, uh, behooves me to ask, you know, who was, 
Who are the toughest teams to deal with? Who are the easiest? Who are the most pleasurable, the most uh, frustrating in your long experience yeah. dealing with NFL teams? I love, I love dealing with George Young and, and with Carmen Policy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carmen Policy would always start out like Raphael and, and my Zia Rosa. I'm half Italian. My great aunt Rose <laughs> used to call, call me Raphael. And, and, you know, you could scheme with him. We had, uh, we did, we did a deal, uh, with, uh, a running back, uh, uh, well, yeah, I won't get into all the war stories, but uh, you could work with him. I love I love to uh, negotiate with George Young. We used to do it on Saturday morning, uh, and he was always a you know a give and a take type of thing, and he would whine and go through the stories, and but I'd always call it tea and crumpet on Saturday morning. <laughs> uh, on the tough guys, I mean, you know, who, who wanted to deal with Al Davis? I mean, yeah. Al, you know, Al was brutal on on some of those things. Uh, then there were other guys that you know I just didn't like like his persons, uh, so I didn't like dealing with them, whether it was a Carl Peterson or, uh, you know, there was a time or two with a guy with the San Diego Chargers or whatever. Uh, that, that made it very difficult. But when, when, you, when you're able to, you got to have equal, you know, the, the equal wants there. And when you're able to do you and I did nice deals too. We were able to do deals. I mean, there, right. are, certain time, there are a lot of things that are always influencing the contract. Sometimes it's, 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 it's a woman behind, or a lady behind the scene, his wife, his, his girlfriend or whatever. And you have to be cognizant of uh, uh, all those things. But yeah, the cer- certain teams, uh, you, you always like to, hey, Ron Wolf, uh, Ron mm-hmm. Wolf was the worst negotiator I ever came across. <laughs> He was out with the Raiders. What he made, I made an outlandish offer on Nick Hayden, uh, and Nick Hayden was one of those guys from McKees Rocks who said uh, we were so tough. We 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 used to beat up the guys and take their women, but the Pittsburgh women would beat beat that beat them up. So so it was one of. But uh, Wolf Wolf. uh, So you had those types of relationships, and it was fun. Uh, Omar Khan here with the Steelers uh, was was a pleasure to work with. You know, I have one that you haven't mentioned that, that probably filled both categories. He was he was frustrating as hell to work with, but he was also interesting because he was smart. His name is Mike Brown, still doing it uh, with the Bengals. Yeah, and his, oh man, I always avoided Mike. Uh, Mike tough. You know, I mean, he I was, was always, tough. Now, yeah, his 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 daughter, his daughter. You know, one Katie. time she invited me when she was in law school at Cincinnati, and I went and spoke spoke and felt like I had a little better relationship uh, uh, with her. But uh, then they had someone in, in between there. But uh, uh, Mike, Mike Brown is really a story in and of itself. Yeah. On your player side, I want to just in the last couple of minutes talk about as a former player, so much in the news on what the NFL is and hasn't done for former players and these concussion lawsuits. And, and you hear stories that are unfortunate about guys that, can't find their keys and having problems, and of course, Kevin Turner passing last month. Your thoughts on how the NFL is treating former players and whether you have been involved in any of these concussion litigations? Uh, first of all, on the con- I have not been involved, uh, you know, and, and I, I know I could have been a plaintiff and all the rest. Uh, it's uh, Football has been very, be very, very good to rest. Uh, I, <laughs> It was during a time where, you know, on my family side, uh, construction business, and so you always were looking from a business uh, ownership side. So I never followed on it, but there are guys who desperately need the help. Uh, they, they, there is 
really tremendous damage. There's a lot more that can be uh, done with these individuals. The, the worst thing is to receive uh, that telephone call. It's a haunting call of them needing help, and then you're trying to get back, and you know, you leave a message after message, and you're not getting a return call. Then you get a return call, and, and, and they don't remember anything. And so you get into there. Where do you turn to, and what do you do? And, and sometimes it's, it's the uh, families, the wives of a player who, who, who really had problems and maybe committed suicide or, or did something else. Uh, just the trouble of being able to uh, collect or get some type of help, uh, and uh, that needs to be looked at more heavily. I know you hear about the big dollars and all the rest, uh, but uh, th- these guys are suffering unbelievably. And I just got off the phone with someone who's they're doing a story on Bjorn Nitmo, the mm-hmm. kicker from, that I represent first coming out, and uh, it took a tremendous blow, and it, it is uh, having those problems. So it, go, it, it, it affects every, everyone who's played. At some point, we knew. I did studies in the 90s. Uh, about concussions based upon I had Al Toon and also uh, my, my son had a serious concussion. So I did surveys with Dr. Joe Maroon, esteemed uh, uh, doctor here at the University uh, UPMC right. Medical Center. And, and the bottom line is we only started to know then. I mean, who knew? You, know, you knew by going to the old alumni affairs and whatever else that you, you were going to have trouble with steps, that your knee, your joints were shot and all the rest. But the old timers never seemed to be that whacked out. Well, they didn't have the face mask or they had the single bar or whatever, you didn't put your face in there. But in the 60s, when we, when, you know, we, we became the headbangers there. Uh, from that point on, we knew there was serious damage being caused and we weren't doing enough to protect it. Yeah, and you mentioned, yeah, I, I do remember you representing Al Toon and looking into all those things. And the, the Al Toons of today, you wonder... You know, you see players being put on IR with concussions, players being held out, and young players retiring, concerned yes. about the future. You know, that seems to be a sea change from the era of Altoona and certainly when you played. Yeah, but I don't know what changes. Uh, I was just getting uh, uh, physical therapy uh, mm-hmm. three or four days ago. There was a high school player, pretty good player. He was uh, rehabbing on his knee, and I asked him, would it be worth it to you uh, the playing professional football, if, if it costs you 10, 15 years on your life, yes. What if you're about if you're a cripple? What about if you have a replaced knee, ankle, shoulder, uh, rotator cuff surgery uh, when you're in your 60s and it limits everything that you do? Would it be worth it? Yes. And I think we all, I thought that way. And, you know, quite frankly, hey, look, uh, you know, I was no scholar. I, I didn't go to uh, college on an academic scholarship. You know, and I live a pretty good life. I don't live that but for football in the NFL, and I'm, I'm very appreciative of that fact. Really interesting and, and really interesting way to end it. Thanks so much, Ralph. This was really interesting stuff, talking about great insights from Ralph Sinder. Ralph, tell us about your book and where you can get it, too. Oh, thank you. Uh, NFL Brawler, uh, NFL, B-R-A-W-L-E-R. You can uh, uh, really just get it anywhere. Uh, Amazon is probably the easiest place to uh, go on and get it. And it's a collection of uh, what I like to say, uh, uh, well, different stories out there, starting with players and, and uh, close relationships, uh, what I like to say is itches of my life. You know, that old football saying, uh, life life is nothing but uh, the inches, and this is what it is for me. Great stuff. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate it, Ralph. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Much respect. 
Thanks for listening to the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also get additional insider insight by listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and College Draft Podcast, all at rostucker.com or wherever podcasts are found.